0: It's really an honor to get to be back here with you guys uh, and be a part of what's going on here at Ambassador Worship Center here in Omaha. I I, uh, love your pastor and his wife and the whole team. And uh, I was here probably about a year and a half ago, I guess, teaching on the courts of heaven and and some things. And I'm actually, I am going to teach on first fruits, but you're going to see before I'm done uh, this morning, hopefully, and tonight, how all of that intertwines in the courts of heaven. Uh, see, sometimes we wonder, well, how how do I give money? How do I give money? And and something transpires that allows what Pastor was talking about—the blessing of God coming on our life. How does that happen? Well, <clears throat> I think I can help. Un- I, I can help explain it because uh, we've been, my wife and I, have been functioning in first fruits for oh, I don't even know how many years now, probably 20, and uh, when we began to understand the principle, but. But, you know, I just took it by faith that you do this, this happens, you do this, you, you operate in the faith realm. But then all of a sudden you start having a little bit more understanding. and say, oh, well, when I do this, this is what occurs in the spirit world that lets this happen. And, th- and that becomes much more easy to actually function in the principle with faith. Amen? because because it's our faith that actually produces the victory. Our faith is the victory that overcomes the world. The Bible says. So anyway, we're going to we're going to look into all of this and and I think I'm just I was sitting there thinking, what do I want to do first? I've got a couple of things I want to do, one this morning and one tonight. And I thought, what do I do? I know that I know that this house has been taught the first fruits principle for a lot of years. And, and I know that probably most, if not all, of what I would say would, would be a rehearsing or a reiterating, and I'm sure that will happen, of what you already know. But let me explain to you. Let me let me just do this this morning. Let me explain to you why first fruits operates and brings you into the blessing of breakthrough that God has for you. Can I just do that? So what what's what that's going to do is going to cause you to know how to step into the first fruits principle. Okay, let me just let me just do this. I I I think I'll just go this way this morning in in uh, Ezekiel chapter 28. Maybe turn and look at this because I'm going to just throw some stuff at you that if you haven't ever heard this or thought about it, it's going to blow your mind. It's going to blow. I promise you, it's going to blow your mind because as I began to see it, it's it's messing with me. Okay, so, so Ezekiel 28 and verse 14 through 16. This is the, this is the passage dealing with, we, we would, it would be commonly understood, dealing with Lucifer while he was yet in heaven before he was thrown out of heaven and became Satan. Okay, this, this scripture in Ezekiel 28 and then, of course, also Isaiah chapter 14 unveils where he was before he sinned against God, said, I'll ascend above the Most High God. I'll be like him and got thrown out of heaven as a result. We, we all probably are aware of that. Well, this is a portion of this scripture. So Ezekiel 28, verse 14, God says to him, you were the anointed cherub who covers. I established you. Notice, you were on the holy mountain of God. I'll touch that in just a moment. You walked back and forth in the midst of the fiery stones You were perfect in your ways from the days you were created till iniquity was found in you. By the abundance of your trading, you became filled with violence within, and you sinned. Therefore, I cast you as a profane thing out of the mountain of God, and I destroyed you, O covering cherub, from the midst of the fiery stones." Okay, so I want to just walk through this. First of all, it's talking about Lucifer in his, his uh, state that he functioned in in heaven. It says he was the anointed cherub who covers. And then watch this it says, You are on the holy mountain of God. Okay, that is a really interesting statement because I just want you to understand being on the holy mountain of God is not a geographical place, it is a spiritual dimension. So when any time you read about the holy mountain of God, you're not reading about a, a, a place on the earth or a geographical place. You're reading about a spiritual dimension. You say, how do you know that? Well, I'm just going to give you some scriptures. Isaiah 56, 7. God said to his people, I will bring you to my holy mountain, and I will make you joyful in my house of prayer. Notice he said, he's, I will make you joyful in my house of prayer for my house. And it says, and your burnt offerings and your sacrifices will be accepted upon my altar. And it says, for my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. So let me just, let me just break that down for you. He says, I'm going to bring you to the holy mountain of God. So who can stand in the holy mountain of God? A house of prayer. See, a house of prayer. What are we? We're a house of prayer. See, we're a people that comes to beseech and cry out to God in behalf of nations. In other words, it takes a house of prayer to represent a culture to the Lord so that God can begin to move in nations. One of the reasons God can't move in nations is because there's not a house of prayer that's recognized that can stand in behalf of a culture and represent it to the Lord. Yes, sir. Come on now. See, how do I know that? Because... because Abraham convinced God to be merciful to Sodom and Gomorrah. Listen, if Abraham had that kind of power to convince God to spare Sodom and Gomorrah if there were ten righteous, then why didn't Abraham just ask God to spare it? Why? Because he wasn't a part of the culture of Sodom and Gomorrah. See listen you've always got to have an ecclesia that is a part of a culture that can represent that culture to the Lord see only a culture can represent the culture of that or that culture to the Lord in the courts of heaven yes, sir. Come on So you so 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 God says I need a house of prayer in Omaha I need a house of prayer in Nebraska. I need a house of prayer over America. I need a house of prayer in the nations that can stand and represent that culture that they are a part of before me. That will give me the right to move in their behalf. Now, watch, watch one. See, so you said, what does that have to do with the mountain of God? Because the Bible says in Isaiah fifty-six seven, I will bring this house of prayer to my holy mountain. You got to get this. The same dimension. Of the spirit that Satan got kicked out of, we now have access into. See, what is the holy mountain of God? It is a governmental dimension of the spirit. See, when you function, when we as a people function in the governmental dimension of the spirit, our activity in that place doesn't just bring breakthrough to ourselves. It brings breakthrough to a culture. Simple acts of faith will produce that. Now, I'm just touching this real quick because this is where he got kicked out of. But notice what is in this holy mountain of God. There's something called the fiery stones. God said, I'm throwing you off that place. Well, remember again, Isaiah 56, 7. What does he say? I will bring you to the holy mountain of God, that spiritual dimension, that governmental place in the spirit. I will make you joyful in my house of prayer. Watch this. And your burnt offerings and your sacrifices will be accepted upon my altar. See, what is that? It's the fiery stones. See, anytime you read about an altar, you're reading about fiery stones. Let me just throw this to you because this is where I want to go. When you read about an altar, you're reading about a trading floor. See, because what was he doing in the holy mountain of God on the fiery stones? The scripture says he was trading. And it says, well, watch. It says there was iniquity found in him, and through the abundance of his trading, violence was within him, and God threw him out. Now, you can now, this is where I want to get to. You can read that, and you can say, but trading's wrong. No. Trading wasn't wrong. It was his trading with a polluted heart that made it wrong. It was his trading with the wrong motive that made it wrong. See, trading is not wrong. Trading is actually heavenly and spiritual activity. Now You say, well, how would you know that? Well, number one, Satan is not a creator. He's a copier. He can't create anything. He doesn't have creative abilities. So if trading is wrong, that means he created something. That means he created trading. But he didn't create trading. God created trading. God said this is heavenly activity. It only became a polluted thing when Satan's heart or Lucifer's heart at this time became filled with iniquity. And it was the uncleanness and the unrighteousness and the impure motive of his heart that polluted the whole trading aspect. That's the first thing. That's the first reason we know trading is is a spiritual activity. The second reason is. Watch. Watch. The cross is the greatest trade of history. Second Corinthians 5.23, what does it say? It says that he became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's a trade. That's a trade. See, when Jesus died on the cross, he made a trade in our behalf. The Bible also says he became poor for us, 2 Corinthians 9, 8. He became poor that we might be rich. That's a trade. Isaiah 53, verse 4. He carried away our sicknesses, bore away our pains. In other words, he made a trade so that we could be healed. See, anytime somebody gets healed, it's because they have entered into the trade that Jesus has made in our behalf. Because trading is spiritual activity. I'm just, I'm just, just getting this established. Because if you're going to step into first fruits. When we do this. We need to understand. We're coming to the fiery stones of heaven. And we are making a trade. And I'm, I'm going somewhere with this this morning. You're going to make a tremendous trade. Now watch. The third thing that we know. That trading is a heavenly activity. Is Isaiah 61 verse 3. It says, he gives us beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, remember, that we might become the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord. Now watch what what he's saying there. That's a trade. I bring my ashes, he gives me his beauty. I bring my depression, he gives me his garment of praise. I bring my, my my weakness. I bring all of this. He puts the oil of joy on me. See, you got to understand, that's a trade. Any way you slice it, that's a trade. But watch what that trade produces. It says that when I do that persistently and consistently, when I bring my trade to the Lord, when I bring my weakness and he gives me his strength, my, my, my depression, he gives me his joy, my weakness, he, he gives me his power, when I bring that to him, Every day, every day I come into his presence, and I bring all my failings, and he gives me his success. Watch what happens. I become a tree of righteousness. Watch. Trading produces transformation. See, you don't realize it. We don't, we don't realize it. We've been standing on trading floors and didn't know where we were. See, watch. This morning. Maybe maybe this morning, maybe you're not like me, but maybe you're like most of other people. Maybe this house is different. You get up in the morning and say, man, I, I, I don't know that I want to go to church. <laughs> I'd like to just stay home, lounge around in my pajamas, drink some coffee, see what's on TV. But no, you don't do that. You don't, you don't feel like it. You don't feel motivated. You don't feel inspired. But you know you need to do it. You know, you know it's what God wants. You know, you know it's it's what you you and your family should do. So so you make yourself get up, you come, and you begin to enter praise and worship and all these kind of things, and then what happens? All of a sudden something starts moving. And before it's over, you're like, you're like empowered, strengthened, victory, breakthrough. See, see what happened? You stepped onto a trading floor and didn't even know it. You traded away all the negative stuff, and when you leave, you leave empowered and strengthened because you've been on a trading floor in the realm of the spirit. And, isn't that right? We, don't, we, we maybe have never thought about it. So watch. If you, if you do that on a consistent basis, you bring your, your ashes, he gives you beauty, and so forth. Listen, you're going to become a tree of righteousness. You're going to become that which is full of strength and power. Your life is going to be so transformed that you're no longer this weak little person just trying to hang on and get through. All of a sudden, you're a dynamo for the kingdom of God. Because you've been changed through the act of trading. You get up in the morning. You spend time with God. Not because you want to. Because you know you're supposed to. Listen, I've been a man of prayer since 1980. I still have to make my flesh pray. I still, I did it this morning at 3 o'clock in the morning before I got on the, you know, got ready to get on an airplane. I got up and I made myself. I didn't want to do it, but I made myself. About five minutes into it, something is shifting because I'm on a trading floor. I'm standing in a place of the Spirit. Yes, sir. See, you don't know it, but you're trading. Because trading is heavenly activity. When you bring your tithes and offerings, when you bring your first fruits, you're stepping onto a trading floor. You're stepping into that holy mountain of God where the fiery stones are. Where the altar of heaven is. Let me show it to you this way. Genesis chapter 8. Noah comes out of the ark. What's the first thing he does? He builds an altar. He establishes a trading floor. Why? Because he can't get to this one that's in heaven. So he builds him one in the earth. And he, he puts the animals that he has reserved. He puts them on this altar. And he begins to offer an offering to God. And when God smells the aroma... The Bible says his heart is soothed. Now watch. It wasn't the stench of burning flesh. It was the aroma of Noah's heart. See, it was the aroma coming out of that that was of Noah's heart. That he loved God and he was grateful to God. And he began to to bring that trade to the Lord. So what does God do when he smells the aroma when that when that began to come up if you will as a judicial testimony before him. God does something he says I'm lifting the curse off the earth and I'm sending the earth back into divine order now watch Noah is one man with a family you got to understand though he's the only man left alive so that means he's in charge of the earth sometimes we're in charge because we're all God's got. So when he brought that offering on that altar, on that fiery stones, when he brought that altar, he wasn't just offering it in behalf of him and his family. He was offering it in behalf of the earth. And God's heart was moved moved, and he made a decree, there shall be no more curse. And divine order will come in back into my creation. See, what did Noah do? He had made a trade. He made a trade. He put, a, he put the, the best offering he had on these fiery stones. And when God smelt the aroma of it, his heart was moved. I promise you, one of the ways to get curses off your life that are putting limits on you and your family is to step onto the trading floors of heaven with the best offering you have. What will it do? It will break the curses off your life and set things into divine order that have been out of order in your life and in your family. Amen? So that was a trading floor. So I I wanted to establish this for just a few moments because this isn't where I want to end up. Where I'm going to go is going to blow your mind. But I wanted to establish that there is a real trading floor in the spirit world that when you come and bring your first fruits, that's what you're stepping on That's what you've been stepping on for years. That's why it works. Because, because you're stepping and you're bringing the very first and the best to God, which is releasing a testimony before him and speaking in your behalf. See, see unless you should doubt this, Cornelius brought offerings and prayers to God. In Acts 10, and God, it says it created a memorial or it caused God to remember him. Why? Because what he brought to God caused God to remember Cornelius and move in the in the in behalf of his house. Watch, he chose Cornelius's house out of all the houses of the Gentile to be the gate through which the Holy Spirit would enter the Gentile world. Why did God choose Cornelius' house? Because he had an offering that caused God to remember him. You want God to remember you? you got to get an offering on the trading floors that is speaking in your behalf. It will cause God to remember you and your house and break every curse off of your house and cause things to be set into divine order. I promise you I can feel it in the Spirit. There's a stirring in your heart. You need to get ready when first fruits comes next week. You need to get ready to step into that realm, step into that dimension and bring your offering and say, God, remember me and my house. Even as you remembered Cornelius. Remember, it's his prayers and his alms, his prayers and his giving. But you read over in Numbers chapter 10, verse 10, and it talks about when they bring all their burnt offerings and their sacrifices, and one of them is mentioned there was the time they brought first fruits. It said, do two things. It says, you blow the two silver trumpets. You blow, there's two, two that were made. What are the two silver trumpets? As far as I'm concerned, they're the apostolic and the prophetic. He said, you blow those trumpets over your offering and it will cause there to be a memorial and it will speak in your behalf before the Lord. See, I I love what Pastor said. We don't just come and give our money. No, we prophesy over our money. We pray over our money. We decree over our money. Why? Because whenever I decree, when I bring my offering, when I blow the apostolic and the prophetic trumpet, when I blow that, it creates a memorial that causes God to remember me. For that offering is now speaking in my behalf in heaven, causing God to never forget me again. So you got to understand, God remembering you doesn't mean he's aware of you. God remembering you means he's regarding you and is about to move in your behalf. Because he knows us. It's not that he's not aware of us, but it means he remembers us. He He regards us. We have found favor in his sight, and he's about to move in our behalf. Because you can just go through scripture and see when God remembers someone, the things that happen. But when you have something speaking for you, which is what your first fruits does, it speaks for you in the courts of heaven and it causes God to remember you. It's a very powerful thing. Okay, so we kind of got that idea. Go with me now to M- Matthew chapter 20. We'll go more deeply in the first fruits, but I want you to see what's going to happen. As you bring your first fruits. Matthew chapter 20. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually. Well, maybe, maybe I'll just tell you a story and I'll, I'll pull some stuff out. Matthew 20 is a parable of, of the vineyard. And it's, it's a parable of, of, of a landowner who goes out at 6 o'clock in the morning and hires laborers to work in his vineyard. And those laborers, when you read it, agreed. Everybody say Agreed. They agreed. They were the first group. They agreed with the landowner. But then every throughout the day, periodically, he would go back and he would hire others because he needed more laborers. And he would agree. But this time, every time he hired a group, they went on the basis of whatever is right. You just, just, read, just read the story. The first group agreed. Every other group went on the basis of whatever is right. When it got 6 o'clock in the afternoon because six to six was a was work day, a, and a denarius was the common wage for a full day's work, when it got time to pay them, the, the landowner said, call the last first. In other words, those who only worked an hour, because there was a group that only worked one hour, and when they got there, they got a full day's wage. Right. And then every other group got the same pay. So the other guys that's standing in the line that's been there all day long, they're thinking... Man, he's given by a denarius. Man, we worked all day. We have borne the burden. Man, he's going to really give us something. So they get up there, and he gives them their pay, and it's a denarius. And they get upset. They said, whoa, whoa, whoa. We've worked all day long, and you've made us equal to these who've only worked an hour or just a few hours? And they get really upset. And the landowner says, I do you no wrong. You agreed with me for this. And then watch what he says. He said, is your eye evil because I'm good? Take that which is yours. And then Jesus says, and the moral of the story is this. The last will be first. The first shall be last. For many are called, but few are chosen. Okay, so there's very powerful stuff. Now watch. I want to just say right up front, this is not a story about those that get saved the last second and going to make heaven. Now I'm not saying that that won't happen, but this is not what this parable is about. Jesus is unveiling something very powerful here. He's, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you what he's unveiling. He's unveiling how to get off the trading floor of legalism and get onto the trading floor of grace so that limits that have been on you start coming off so that you can expand to the left hand and to the right. Because I'm going to give you the punchline right now. It's not about what you're doing. It's about where you're doing it from. It's about where you're doing it from in the, in the realm of the spirit. It's about your perspective. So, okay, let me just set this up. So, so here's the story of an of a, of a owner of a vineyard hiring laborers to work in his vineyard. Okay, you need to understand. Every day you go to work, you're stepping on somebody's trading floor. You trade your time your education, your labor, you, t- you trade everything that's precious to you for them to give you a paycheck based on what you have given them. That's a trade. That's a trade. Every one of us do this. We trade that which is valuable to us. We step onto somebody's trading floor. And watch, based on the trading floor, it determines what you get out of that trade. Because guess what? Everybody don't make the same money. Some people got more education, more skill, more favor, whatever. And they've been able to step in on, on a trading floor where that their time, their efforts, their energy, their education gives them a greater return than what others might get. Why? Because it's, it's all about the trading floor they're on. Are you following me? So, watch. There were... There was two trading floors being revealed here in the vineyard. The first one is, Jesus goes out, the or the landowner goes out the first hour and hires those who agree with him. Now, I'm going to say right up front. Everybody says, oh, we're supposed to agree with God. Not in this sense. See, who did Jesus go to first? The Jews. Jesus went to the Jews. He said, I've gone to the lost sheep of the house of Israel first. I can't go to the Gentiles. That's why he... The the Syrophoenician woman had to just badger him until he healed her daughter because it wasn't right to take what belonged to the Jews and give it to the dogs. See, because, and, and even Paul said they went to the Jews first because that was proper order, proper protocol. So when Jesus talks about this first group that agreed with him, he's talking about the Jews who are bound in legalism. See, agreeing here is not about agreeing in faith. Agreeing is about having a contract with God that says, if I do this, God, you do this. Watch. I pray this much, you give me this. I go to church, you give me this. I read my Bible, you give me this. Now, don't, you, don't tell me we don't think like this. Lord, I'm, 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 I'm stepping onto a trading floor And I am doing everything I'm supposed to do, and I expect this as a result. Now, watch, the truth is that actually does work. It does work. And maybe if I have time, I'll show you here just a moment why it works. But here's what you gotta see you gotta understand that you can live that way, and, and you'll get through, and you'll survive, and you'll have some blessings. But there will always be limits on it. But if you get off that trading floor of legalism, of works, of performance, of law. That influences everything you do in the way you do it. If you'll get off that trading floor of legalism and religion. And get onto the trading floor of grace. The limits come off. And what one worked all day long to get. God will bless you with because you only served Him for an hour. Stay with me. Because it's watch, it's not about what you're doing, it's about where you're doing it from. Because watch. Those who agreed, they said, We have a contract. It's called the law. The contract, the law is a contract. God says, You do this, 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 I'll do this. But those who went on the basis of whatever is right, here's what they said. We trust the generosity, liberality, goodness, and kindness of the master of the vineyard. We will serve you on the basis of whatever is right. Now, who would do such a thing? I dare say there's not a, there's not a person in this room that would go higher on for a company and not know what they're going to make. We wouldn't do that. Who would dare do that? Only those who have the confidence in the goodness, generosity, kindness, and liberality of the master of the vineyard. They said, we'll serve you on the basis of whatever is right. So when it came time for them to get paid, God said, because you have trusted my goodness, I am going to bless you with that which eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man, the things that God has prepared for him, I'm going to bless you with that which is unthinkable, that which is unimaginable. I am going to astound everybody that's watching. I'm going to astound them with how I'm going to astound them with how good I am by demonstrating it in and through you. Why? Because of the trading floor you function from, that you got off the trading floor of legalism and got onto the trading floor of grace. I, I'm trying to get you see, when it comes time to bring our tithe our, in our first roots, when you bring your first roots, I promise you, step off of the trading floor of legalism and step into the liberality and the trust and the goodness and the kindness of God step onto that trading floor of grace. I promise you, there is going to be an exponential release, and limits are going to come off that have <laughs> been on you because of how much God loves you and because of your confidence in His goodness. I'm just touching some things because I, I don't want to go too too long today. But but here here's here's what I want here's what I want you to see. So they're serving from two watch watch. All of them are working in the same vineyard. But they're working on a different trading floor. One's agreeing. The other's serving on the basis of whatever is right. Both get paid. Both get paid. Let me, let me just let me just show you this here. Um, uh, let's, um, 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Let me show you what Paul said about this. I'm going to find it right quickly. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 7. But if the ministry of death. Written and engraven on stones was glorious, the law, so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of the glory of that countenance which, uh, because of the glory of which glory was passing away. How will the ministry of the Spirit not be more glorious? Notice, notice, there's glory in the law. Operating on the trading floor of legalism, it works. There's glory in it. But there's more glory. On the trading flow of the Spirit and of grace. Watch, verse verse 9. For if the ministry of condemnation had glory, the ministry of righteousness exceeds much more in glory. For even what was made glorious had no glory in this respect because of the glory that excels. Verse 11. For if what is passing away was glorious, what remains is much more glorious. All Paul is saying is that there is glory in the law in serving God on the trading floor of legalism it will work you will have a measure of breakthrough but he said there is a greater glory in stepping into the new covenant into the grace into the things of the spirit and stepping into this realm where that no longer watch no longer am I serving God out of a legalistic ritualistic mindset but I'm serving God under the governance of the Holy Spirit and his grace And that when I stand on that trading floor, unbelievable things happen. Now, I'm just cutting through some stuff. Now, go back to Matthew 20. Go back to Matthew 20 here, and let me just show you some things, and we'll finish up with this. I want to show you what happens when you serve him from the trading floor of grace. Verse 8 says, So evening had come, and the owner of the vineyard said to his church, Call the laborers, give them their wages, the beginning, the last, or the first. It says that when those who were hired about the 11th hour came, they each received a denarius. I want you to notice, first of all, remember he went into the vineyard and he said to some, why are you standing here idle? They said, nobody hired us. I want you to hear something. I want you to hear something. Standing on the trading floor of grace is not about whether you work or don't work. The master of the vineyard said, why are you standing here idle? Everybody, those who had agreed, those who were, that were doing it out of religious obligation, and those who were trusting the goodness, they all worked the same work in the same vineyard. It wasn't about their activity. It was about where they were doing it from. That's so important that we get that. Okay, watch. So so he says, why are you standing here idle all day long? Let me, let me explain something to you. There is some bad, as far as I'm concerned, there is some bad, bad teaching in the body of Christ today. That God did it all and we don't have to do anything. And that's not right. Yes, the Lord did it all as far as our salvation. But I promise you, if we're going to step into the fullness of everything that Jesus died for me to have, I'm going to have to become active in the spirit world. I'm going to have to be hired. The church is full of people that want somebody else to do it for them. Let me give you a little scripture. Matthew chapter 25. (laughs) Jesus talked about the parable of the ten wise and the ten foolish versions. Whenever the the cry goes out, behold, the bridegroom comes, it says they all begin to prepare. Well, suddenly the 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 foolish realize we don't have enough oil to get us to the end. So they say to the wise, the foolish says to the wise, give us of your oil. The wise say a very unchristian thing. They say, not so, not so, lest there not be enough for me. How unchristian. But watch, it's the wise. They said, I am not going to give you something I have labored for to prepare for this time. I'm not going to give it to you because if I give it to you, I won't have enough for me. I promise you the church is full of this mentality that we owe somebody something. It's called a spirit of entitlement. I want you to know sometimes the most spiritual thing you can say to somebody is not so. You're not getting my stuff, or me and my family aren't going to have enough. It's your responsibility. Go to those who buy and sell and get for yourself. It's your responsibility. If you're in need or you're in want, you serve the same God I serve. I'm not going to give you my stuff. Not so. Everybody say it, not so. Why? Because God wants to know, why do you stand here idle all day long? Because watch, being on the trading floor of grace is not about whether you work or not. Sorry, it's not. It's about the perspective we do it from that I'm not standing on the trading floor of agreement and doing this so God will do this. Now I'm standing on the trading floor of grace and I'm saying, God, I am doing this because I love you, I desire you, you. I'm hungry for you, I'm thirsty for you. And out of that, I am working. I am active in the realm of the Spirit. I'm doing the things I need to do. Amen? Now watch this. So he, he goes on down through here. I'm just going to touch some of this real quickly. And they began to get their pay. But they're going to get a different pay scale based on the trading floor they're functioning from. And so when they came, those who were hired about the 11 hour, they each received an nearest. But when they first, the first came, they supposed they'd receive more. And when they received it, they complained against the landowner saying these last men... Have worked only one hour and you have made them equal to us, he'll have borne the burden in the heat of day. But he answered to them, said, Friend, I do you no wrong. Then you not, did I, did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what is yours, go your way. Watch this. I wish to give to this last man the same as you. Watch. What determined, you gotta get this. What determined what the ones who serve God from a trading floor embrace God? The passion of the master. Because they had put their confidence in him. He said, I wish to give them. See, are you doing something that is that is exhibiting a confidence in him? See, first fruits is one of the times of the year where we do something that exhibits a confidence in him. Do you understand what they did at first fruits? They would literally take their first fruits. Every nation. As, as, the, as, the, as the harvest was coming in, they would, every nation would go through and they would glean the first ripening heads. And all the heathen nations would take that first harvest and they would put it in a barn and a garner in case something destroyed the harvest. Infestation, enemies, weather, whatever. Something destroyed. They would ha- now have seed to replant. But God's people didn't do that. They took the first and the best and they said our confidence is in you and they gave the the first as a first fruits offering to the Lord so that their only recourse was a confidence in God And hear what God said in Proverbs 3, verses 9 and 10. He said, Honor me with the first fruits of all your increase, so your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. In other words, when you honor me, my passion towards you is stirred because I see that your confidence is in me, not in in your efforts, not in your wisdom, not in your power, not in your might. Your confidence is in me. So, therefore, my passion is stirred towards you, and I will cause barns to be filled and vats to overflow. I will bless you in your business, in your family. I will bless you on every level because you are putting confidence in me and not confidence in the flesh. That's what first fruits is. I always tell people you know you're stepping in the first fruits. How? Because your flesh is cringing. But your spirit is excited. I mean, every time it rolled around first, first time, I mean, I'm God guy doing it. And every time it rolled around, I would be like, oh, it would be a mixture of hatred. It's like I hated this because I knew it was fixing to cost me something. When, when I mean hated, I mean I knew I was about to be challenged in the faith realm. And that what he was going to ask me to do was going to make me uncomfortable and it always did it always has and so so it was this it was this it was this in the flesh it was this cringing but in on the other side in the in the spirit realm it was like it's an excitement because i am stepping into a realm where i'm partnering with god but watch now i know that 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 one of the reasons it brought such great results is because of the trading floor i was doing it from which was the trading floor of grace? Because God's passion is stirred toward those who say, "I trust your goodness, your generosity, your liberality, and kind." I promise you, to the degree you have a revelation of His goodness, it will de- it will determine what you do at first fruits. The way you see Him, the way you understand, the way you understand His liberality, it will determine what you do or do not do. So when God said, because they have chose to trust me and not agree with me and serve me from this trading floor, I wish to bless them. I wish to increase them. I'm getting excited. I'm telling you, it is a time to step into the realms of go, watch what else happens here as they come to the trading floors. He said, I wish to give to this, to this last the same as to the first. And then he says this, is it not lawful for me to do what I wish with my own things. Okay, now watch. Let me, let me just touch. Let me, I'm going to do two more things. So so the first thing is, God says it stirs my passion towards you. When you step onto the trading floor of grace and operate from here. Number two. Number two. Your revelation of the goodness. This is the way I pray. This is the way I pray now. I say, Lord, I step onto the trading floor of grace. I trust your generosity, your liberality, your kindness, and your goodness. And watch this. I believe. That your goodness toward me will produce in me and through me what my performance never can. Because watch, it wasn't their work; it wasn't their performance. It was his goodness. It was his goodness. You say so. So literally, literally, when you step onto the trading floor of grace, I want you to hear what I'm saying. Literally. His goodness towards you will produce what your performance never could. So all of a sudden, I'm stepping into a new realm of function. I'm not agreeing with God. I'm trusting his kindness, his goodness. And literally, Lord, I'm saying, let this release come. Now, let me tell you a real quick story. So how did you get this stuff? This, this, This has come to me over a process of years. Literally years. But one more, well, first of all, years ago, I heard or I read a book by uh, Dr. Paul Youngie Cho, David Youngie Cho, called Fourth Dimension. And in this book, it's, a, it's, it's talking about the faith realm and how to get into the faith realm. In this book, he tells a story about needing a bicycle. This is before he was the world's pastor, of the world's largest church or anything. He was just a little struggling ministry in Korea, and he needed a bicycle to travel around to do what he did. And he had prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed for this bicycle. But the bicycle never came. And he said, God, why, 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 why? where's the bicycle? Why is the bicycle not coming? And God said, you haven't told me what kind of bicycle you want. He said, you haven't told me what size, what style, what color. You haven't told me anything. Tell me what you want. So, so he tells God exactly what he wants within just a very short period. The bicycle comes. God provides the bicycle. Well, I tell people. I read that story in classic Robert Henderson. I took a vital, real, spiritual principle and turned it into legalism. I did. That's, that, that, that's, what I, that's my tendency. I, turn, I turned it into legalism. I turned it into a method. So, so I would come before God every day for years. And I would say, God, I need this much money for my house. I need this much money for my cars. I need this much money for my children's school. I need this much money for this. I need this much. And I would go down my list because I got to be specific. I got to tell God exactly what I need. Guess what? That much money always came in. Always. Always came in. Every need was always met, but no more. That's where it was met. So, so watch. So one day I go to prayer. I mean, I've been doing this for years. I'm a man of prayer. I've been doing this for years. I go to prayer. I start it all over again when it gets that point in my prayer time. And I say, God, I need this. And the moment I started, God said to me, stop agreeing with me. And my mind went immediately to this story. And he said, you are agreeing with me from a legalistic viewpoint You are operating from a contractual viewpoint rather than serving me from the basis of whatever is right. And so at that moment, I said, God, I repent. And and now I say, Lord, I want to step off that trading floor of legalism. And I say to him, I do not want to serve you any longer. I do not want to agree with you. I step off the trading floor of legalism, and I step onto the trading floor of grace, and I trust your generosity, your kindness, your liberality, and your goodness as the master of the vineyard. Let me tell you what happened. Immediately. I'm not talking about a few months later. I'm talking about immediately exponential increase started coming. I'm talking about it's like, it like, it like the dam's just broken. Exponential increase started coming in. Breakthroughs started coming. All of these kind of things. All because, watch, I didn't change one thing about what I was doing. I changed where I was doing it from. So when you bring your first fruits, listen, make sure you're bringing are the trading floors of grace. Yes, sir. Because it's going to bring a breakthrough that nothing else is going to bring. Now, let me finish with this. Now, this has come for over a course of years. So what does God say? What does the master of the vineyard say? Here's what he says. He said, when they began to complain, say, you have, you have given them, you treated them just like us. What did he say? He said, is your eye evil because I'm good? Here's what the Lord said to me. I'm looking for some people I can bless so much. Others are going to have a problem with it. I say, Lord, I'll, I'll volunteer. I'll, t- I'll, I'll take the shot. I'll take the hit. I'll, I, I'll, I'll, I'll take it, God. Because watch. He is saying, I promise you, God is looking. What? He says, is your eye evil because I'm good? Here's what he's saying. I am looking for some people that will get off the trading floor of legalism onto the trading floor of grace and release a great generosity. Watch what he's saying. And I will bless them so much that I will unveil the goodness of who I am through you. And the religious will have a problem. They will attack you. They will ridicule you. They will speak against you. They'll say, what are they doing? It couldn't be right. Why have they got so much money? Why is the blessing of God on them? because he is using you to unveil his goodness he is manifesting his goodness so that those who have a wrong perspective of him can start to see him in a different light how good, how extravagant, how generous he is are you seeing this? What was the whole key? I'm going to finish with this. What was the whole key? The whole key was was where they were trading from. They were not trading from the trading floors of legalism. They were trading on the trading floor of grace. And God said, because you've chosen to do this, I'm going to use you to expose the glory of my goodness. I'm going to use you. I'm going to bless you so much. Listen, me and my wife have been blessed. When I got a hold of this, everything started shifting. We, we stopped just getting by. We were living a blessed life even, anyway, but we stopped just getting And I mean an explosion, a blessing, an increase came. Not because I'm smarter than I was before. No, no. It's all about where I'm functioning from in the spirit world. Are you getting this? Watch this. Jesus finishes it up with this. Here's what he says. And the last shall be first. Listen, we all all want that. We all want, because most people feel like they're last. They feel like they're forgotten. They feel like they've been left out. They feel like they've been abused. They feel like they've been stolen from. All these kind of things. But Jesus says, look, when you practice this principle, it's going to let me move you from last to first. I'm going to cause promotion to come into your life. I'm going to cause promotion to be, begin to be released in your life. Not because I've just chosen to do it. I desire to. But because you've stepped into a realm that allows it to happen. The last shall be first. The last shall be first. How many of you want that? God says, man, I'm going to do this. I want you to stand up with me this morning. I want you to stand up with me. I want just pray for you. Woo. Thank you, Father. Father, Thank you. Lord, I just, I just I just know and I believe in the Spirit that this is a people, that we are a people that want to move off the trading floor of legalism. Listen, listen, our hearts are right, our hearts are pure. We want to serve you. But Lord, Lord, inadvertently so often we we've had a wrong perspective. But today we want to step from any wrong perspective of religion and step onto the trading floors of And Lord, that's gonna unlock a tremendous liberality. That's gonna unlock a tremendous liberality. I mean, if you don't believe that, just read 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and 2 Corinthians chapter 9. When Paul sent Titus to the Corinthians to develop in them a grace of giving. And he talked about how that he, he 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 talked about the Macedonians, how that in their deep poverty they abounded in great liberality. Because watch, when a spirit of grace comes on you, listen. When you get this and you step on the trading floors of grace, I'm telling you, beware! You'll do some crazy stuff. You'll do some crazy stuff. You'll, I mean, in the early church, they sold houses and bought it. Why? Because the spirit of grace was upon them. Great grace was upon them all. They were serving God from the trading floor of grace. All sorts of things. But I say, God, I want to step off. Of the restrictive place of agreeing with you and i want to step into the limitless bounds of standing on the trading floor grace. so would you say this with me say lord jesus i want to thank you that as we come into first fruits this year that every restriction comes off lord thank you that there's a trading floor in heaven that we have access into, that we can stand on, and we can come and honor you with the first and the best that will speak before you in our behalf. But right now, today, we would say we would step off of the trading floor of legalism and any restriction associated with it, and we would step onto the trading floor of grace where we trust the generosity liberality kindness and goodness of you Lord as the master of the vineyard Lord we thank you that your goodness will produce in me what my performance never could that your passion is stirred toward me And that you will use me as a demonstration of your goodness that will challenge others' ideas about you. Lord, I thank you for doing that right now, right now, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! We bless you. Come on, give him a big praise, would you? Hallelujah! Thank you, Lord. Father, I want to declare that this is the year. This is the hinge. This is the year of great release. Like never before. Like never before. There is, there is such a blessing that's coming that you're going to verify your word. And, Father, just because we start doing something from a new place in the Spirit, from a new trading floor, tremendous things are going to happen. As we step into first fruits and we honor you for that in Jesus name. Lord I say every desire mat plus more every desire mat plus more there shall be no lack there shall be no shortage there shall in fact be an abundance and there shall be an increase. Lord I even see your the, 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 the barns being filled with plenty and the vats overflowing with new wine. I thank you for this Lord because it's the blessing of the Lord that makes rich and adds no sorrow with it lord lord i want to ask that what you've done for me and continue to do for me i want to ask that that same grace would come upon Lord, your people in this place I want to ask that there would be a manifestation of your glory, your goodness, and your kindness. That there would be exponential increase that would come. I thank you for this, Lord. I thank you for this, and I give you glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Could you give the Lord one more big praise?